0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Zone Star State Podcast. I'm Matthew Bruni, and joining me once again is Ishmael Johnson. Ish, how was your uh, holiday season? Whenever I say holiday season, I think DJ Drama just yelling holiday season. I actually, <laughs> earlier today, I thought of that. So, um, yeah, how was, your, how
1: was your Christmas and uh, holidays? It was good. It was good. It was uh, trying to stay warm as possible. It's been a while since we've had a cold Christmas season, so... That was that was unique. Uh now it was needed. I had had a little break from state championships, took a little break from sports in general, but I got back on it right after the right after Christmas. Uh I saw you brave the cold weather with our with our buddy Matthew uh uh Brady Keane at uh who's a head coach at Bandera to go to uh the Mecca of basketball. The Mecca. <laughs> the convocation center <laughs> in san antonio <laughs> the mecca i yeah
0: i forgot i didn't even have that written down in our our rundown man yeah north yeah. texas versus utsa i was in san antonio uh brady calls me he's like hey you want to go to the utsa game i was like yeah let's do it he's like all right the courtside seats are 30 dollars," and i was like <laughs> it's, all right let's do it and so he he got us tickets and we go and we're literally like i've, I've never sat courtside to any sporting event in mm-hmm. my life And it's pretty cool. You're just there and you can like stick a leg out and trip somebody if you wanted to. And so (laughs) I told Brady, I was like, if Tyler Perry hits a corner three and starts running back, I'm sticking my hand out. I'm trying to give him a high five. And um, it never came to fruition. He missed the corner three late that I was gonna I was ready to do it, but it was a lot of fun. Shout out the convocation center for thirty dollar courtside seats, right? (laughs) The mecca, the true mecca. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was fun. Uh, it was, like you said, it was a cold front went through, it was like 20 degrees when I was running in there um, to the convocation center and uh, but we're back. Thankfully for yep. the past two weeks, uh, not a ton of meaningful basketball has been played in the state of Texas. And now we can talk conference season, which is the real moneymaker.
1: Yeah, I know. We're finally, we were kind of stuck in that, <clears throat> that, that uh, uh, limbo area of, the end of non-conference versus like everybody getting into some, some teams were on tournaments, you know, out in Bahamas or whatever some teams did to kind of get in the cold, the the warm weather, but some teams were also just playing teams that were not up to their caliber. And so we have nothing to really talk about from our last episode till the break.
0: Exactly. Exactly. That's why I didn't, I didn't feel bad. I was like, Oh, I can enjoy the Christmas season and everything because there's not much basketball being played right now that, Right. Mean anything. Except Conference USA tipped off uh, their conference season on like December 20th and 21st. But then they had like they didn't play at all during the Christmas break. So now everyone's playing their second game as of last night. So it was like mm-hmm. still there was a long break there. Um, But I want to start with the Big 12. Um, This is obviously our um where we go whenever we want to talk about big teams, you know, Texas, sure. Baylor. Uh, Texas Tech, TCU, four four Texas teams in the Big 12. The best conference in the country, again, to get top mm-hmm. to bottom as far as consistency goes. Ken Palm has them significantly higher than the Big 10, who's second. When you look at these four teams, you can pick which one we start with. Sure. But um, if you had to rank them, one through four, in terms of how much you trust them going into conference play, mm-hmm. how would you rank them? Whew. Because this is um, an incredibly yeah. hard decision for me, and I don't know the answer. So I was you. about to say, this is like... Texas is like the default one, I think. I
1: think. Yeah, but it's also like... I don't know, like it is, but it also like... You know, with the, with the whole head coaching situation like up in the air, yep. you know, do you, it, it basically you're saying... like, but I mean, basically we're arguing that Rodney Terry can just steer the ship, right? And so, like, I'm wondering how – basically, it's betting on when's the next time you're going to have Rodney Terry, like, have to to make a really big decision and, like, go – again. basically, like, against Scott Drew, against a Bill Self. Can he out-scheme? Can he out, you know, tactics those coaches, right? Um, Which is a big ask, but still, as far as on the – on the court goes, you still kind of trust them to be, what, the second most talented – Robbie first or second most talented team, barring what you think about Kansas, um, in the Big 12. So I'd probably – So you want Baylor one? I'd go Baylor one, Texas two. Close, but I'd go right now just because that – I don't want to discredit Rodney Terry, but it is like a lot of the reason why we picked Texas to be – the best team potentially in the big 12 is because of the players as well as their head coach at the time. Um, so.
0: Man, Texas needs to find a way. I don't know what they have to pay or something, but mm-hmm. just to rent Joe, Joe, Golding for a season. I <laughs> <That'd laughs> hope, awesome. hope nobody from UTEP is listening to this, but like if they could find a way to be like, Hey, look, let's just pay UTEP like X amount of millions of dollars alone. And we'll just trade Terry back for Golding and then give him back after this season. I, like, just a lone uh, spell for Yeah, alone, for alone. Because, like, I would feel so much better if Joe Golding was the coach over here than Rodney Terry. Um, yeah. But so I, I actually think that's a really good point. Our, obviously, our questions with, with Baylor has still have not been answered because they haven't played, any, played anybody since December 2nd against mm-hmm. Gonzaga. We, like, said after that game, it's like, okay – we're not talking about them until conference play starts. Well, conference sure. starts tomorrow, and since then they've played Tarleton, Washington State, Northwestern State, and Nichols. So, mm-hmm. is the defense still a concern? Yes, they're still 40th in Kim and defense. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, there's still plenty of worries I have with the front court of this team. Yeah, but you're right. They have Scott Drew here. They have veterans. They have players that. Um, are talented that can go toe to toe with Texas and force this to be a game where coaching matters. And mm-hmm. you've, you've, you've swung me. So I'll go Baylor one as well. Um, uh-huh. Is Texas
1: your two? Texas is my two. Um, so to round it out, I'll go, I go Baylor, Texas, Texas tech, TCU. Um, I don't, this TCU team, man, I don't know. Like we've been wondering, for so long about this whole season, about whether or not this team is going to actually be the team that finished the year last year, but they were also still the team that played in the regular season. Long story short with TCU, man, have they played anybody? Like, like they've beaten teams that are, like, top 50, right? Like, they haven't played – the Iowa win schedule.
0: doesn't even mean anything. The Iowa win right. has, has gone down significantly since they right. won that game. So
1: they've played, like, a decent schedule. They put, they beat Iowa, they beat Providence, they beat Utah most recently. But, like, okay, they haven't played anybody that's – they haven't played anybody that's within the top 10 top, – top 25, I should say. Yeah. Um, and anybody that I would be like, oh, that's a good win, right? Iowa, you mentioned, has gone really down. Um, I guess Utah, maybe. I don't know, like, for me, and the struggles that they had earlier in the year, they seem to fix a lot of that, right, against Pine Bluff, against Lamar, uh, losing to Northwestern State. They seem to fix that, which was really bad, looked really bad, but I don't know, man. Now you're gonna go from facing Utah to facing Kansas and the facing Baylor, and so I have no idea. Texas Tech, you know, they, they have not looked like the exact team of last year. They lost significant pieces whatever happened with Fardaz Amax seems to be worked out now, <laughs> like, whatever. He was transferring, yeah. now he's not transferring, now he's on the court shooting, apparently. Yes, uh, a couple days ago, they had they had tweeted a photo of him, so, like, apparently he's potentially back at the end of the month, so, like, okay, cool. They may have shaken hands, made up, and maybe somebody threw him a bag. I have no idea what happened there. That was so weird. But, like, okay, now it's like, okay, now Texas Tech's getting back to full strength now, and they're starting to play – they're they're weirdly starting to play, like, pretty good offense, and their defense is actually what's kind of slipped up a little bit. So I have no idea, but I would still trust them to fix that defense than I would TCU to kind of fix their problems.
0: Two things. First, these two teams play tomorrow, Saturday, uh, December yeah. 31st um, at TCU. So we'll know – Pretty quickly about these
1: yeah. two teams. Ken Palm has a T- has a, has a TCU as a favor, which I don't agree with. the The problem is,
0: is that Texas Tech's strength of schedule to this point in the year has ranked three hundred fifty first. Yeah. Okay. TCU has ranked three hundred sixty second. Like the second easiest schedule in the country. Like I don't know who mm-hmm. put together this TCU schedule, <laughs> but literally they've played Pine Bluff, Lamar. Mississippi Valley State, Jackson State, Louisiana Monroe, and Central Arkansas—they've played six teams outside of the top 300 in Ken Palm. Mm-hmm. Like that is that is—it's—it's—it hurts my head to think about having to play those games. If you're TCU, coming off of the season, the end of the season you had last year, and then you're like, okay, let's get into this season. Okay, let's start off with Pine Bluff, Lamar, Northwestern State, Louisiana struggle Monroe. Struggle with all of them, and then struggle <laughs> with them. And then you beat Iowa. You're like, okay. And then Iowa falls off a cliff. Yeah. And now I, I don't know. Like, I'm like you. I don't know what to hold on to here. And so I want to believe that they figured it out. Uh, You know, defensively, they're 22nd in the country. They're still offensive rebounding at a pretty high clip, 18th in the country in that. But neither one of these teams has been tested very often. Sure. And neither one of these teams has, like, they're not, in theory, TCU has more talent than tech. Am I wrong? Yeah. Yeah, no,
2: no. I like, think
1: you right. that the fact that like Fardos, Amac was basically their only big, uh, uh, high-profile acquisition. Obviously, guys like Pop Isaacs have been has been good for them, but like in terms of the uh, off-season, we really only saw Fardaw's as their big get for a Texas yeah.
0: Tech. And I'm still call me call me a hater. I'm still not sold on Davion Harmon at this moment. Um,
2: um, yeah, I mean, yeah, he's only 3
0: on the season.
1: Yeah, the and way. he's uh, he making
0: twos at least.
1: 12, he's yeah, averaging 12 and four, which is fine, right? They needed a point, they needed somebody, they needed a lead guard, and they've gotten one. But like, he's he was basically the other big acquisition. And it's like, okay, he's kind of playing like a decent player, but what is it? You know, what is is he? Is he could he be your second best player
2: on a conference championship team? I I don't see it right now.
1: No,
0: um, but uh, thankfully, they have Pop Isaacs who has come on and shoot shot 41% from three this year. That's if they had him team.
1: last year. That this team, this team yeah. might win the Might the conference. So again, you
0: got Harmon, Isaac's, O'Banner, Bacho as your yeah. really your core four, and then you kind of fill in around them with Williams and Tyson and so on and so forth. So it's obviously a good team, but mm-hmm. we'll know tomorrow how real they are because they got yeah. got to go over to, to Fort Worth and play a T, TCU team. Um, mm-hmm. All right, uh, let's let's do a quick temperature check of some teams and some conferences around here. Um, we look at conference USA and the only game I watched from this was North Texas. Obviously I do, do the North Texas podcast. So yeah. North Texas loses a, uh, a, heartbreaker. I'll call it a heartbreaker to FAU FAU. It was basically a top 50 matchup, you know, North yeah. Texas and FAU big game. Um, I think of all the games, I think it was ranked second by Ken Palm, as far as like excitement rating goes. Mm-hmm. um, and North Texas was – thought it looked like they were going to do it. It looked like they were going to do it. I don't have everything in front of me right now, but they were up like eight or nine with five minutes left. Mm-hmm. And then the floor just kind of dropped out. Abu fouled out. Tyler goes down with a cramp with a minute left. Mm-hmm. And it opens up the court for a three for FAU to take the lead. And so um, they lose 50-46. to 46. It was not a bad loss. Like I said, FAU is a really, really freaking good team. But yeah. – you know, is it a winnable game at home that you want them to win? Yeah. Uh, Rice beats Western Kentucky, and UTEP goes to double overtime with UAB. Man, what a game that was. What do you want to start? What, what do you want to talk about with Conference USA?
1: All right. Um, since it's still fresh on your mind, let's talk. Do you have concerns about that North Texas offense? Because that was awful. Yeah. That, looked, yeah. that looked real bad. And, you know, Ty- when Tyler Perry went out late, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, he cramped so, up with about yeah. a minute left. They hit a three. He missed the next offensive possession, and by the time he got back, the game was over. So,
2: so you
1: you watched all this game? I only saw a little bit of it. Please tell me that Tyree Eady and Aaron Scott um, that 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 please tell me that zero is a typo on their on
0: their points
2: scored. It's not,
0: It's not. It's not for Matthew Stone either um who else didn't score did, did uh, ruben scored uh jada martinez I don't, did he score
1: ruben scored a total of eight points yeah kai Huntsberry, four points by the way these are dudes that played 29 23 29 27 mm-hmm. 20 minutes right these yeah. are two starters or three starters sorry tyree ed Aaron scott and kai Huntsberry, combining yeah. for four points um yeah what is going on like the weird one is like they're not shooting like i think kai Huntsbury had 10 shots total uh aaron scott had two threes and then tyree ed had three shots total two threes like is it just like a a hesitancy what did you kind of see there
0: well it feels like there's a a few things here i'll try to keep Mm -hmm. it short but basically Before last year, they were always a slow tempo team, sure. but it felt like they still had a little bit more offensive freedom. Mm-hmm. Last year with Thomas Bell and JJ Murray, like like Coach Mack told us, right? It was like, all right, he had to really slow it down and just make it ugly and try to win games that way. Sure. So Thomas and JJ are gone. They replaced them with you know, let's say Tyree Edie, who was scoring ten points a game last year at North Dakota State, which is a good program. Mm-hmm. Um. Add a guy like Jaden Martinez, who was a good player. Uh, Kai Huntsbury was is a capable was a capable, very capable scorer at his last stop. I think it was University of Mary, and they got more talent offensively on this team, but they still play like last year's team. Mm. And so it's it's not pretty to watch because you're watching this team. You're like, okay, these guys should have more talent. They should be able to score the ball more efficiently. But they're playing like last year's team that couldn't score the ball that was, you know, pretty ugly and, um, you know, finished the year 116th in offense. But if you go mm. back two years ago, right, let's go to the 2020, 2020 season, yeah. they were 34th in offense. And I mean, even 2021, they were 101st in offense, but they were 40th in field goal per- effective field goal percentage. Like this year, they are 329th in effective field goal percentage. And it is a jarring, jarring change. And so... That's the concerning part. Uh, the biggest thing for me with North Texas, if you want to look at this at a very, very surface level type thing, mm-hmm. is three-point shooting. 2020, mm-hmm. they were 17th in the country, three-point percentage. 2021, 36th in the country, three-point percentage. Last year, 59th in three-point percentage. This year, 296th. Sometimes yeah. it's about making shots in basketball, and they sure. cannot make shots.
1: Is it? Do you think that has to do with, we can kind of wrap up here, but do you think it has to do with, like, you know, not having a natural kind of lead guard, you know, as opposed to, as opposed to somebody who's maybe asked, who has always asked to, or not always, he's only been there a couple of years, but yeah. has been asked to be just kind of a, a secondary handler slash gunner now kind of asked to be a lead guard as opposed to like a Javion Hamlet who obviously yeah. got his own shot, but also was able to just like move the offense.
0: Yeah. Um, the hope was, I think that Kype Huntsbury would be able to take a lot of the pressure off Tyler mm-hmm. Same goes for Ruben, uh Ruben Jones. Uh, yeah, but they just haven't, they haven't been efficient at all on offense. Those two. Yeah. No. And so when it gets, you know, when it gets time to score, they just give the ball to Tyler Perry and get out the way. So um, right. Abu has been a lot better. Abu Usman, their their center, yep. he's been a lot better over the past few games. So, I mean, he he had thirty seven and like ten or something against UTSA. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was great, and he was good against FAU. But like, it's literally just Tyler and Abu. And nobody else sure. can score the ball. And it's uh it's it's jarring because a few years ago they had like James Reese and Mo Gibson and um even Marjarez McBride last year. So yeah, it's uh I, I still think they're gonna win plenty of games just because sure. like like FAU barely beat them. Right. And FAU's a damn good team. Like they're gonna be fine against the, the Westerns and the FIUs, but it is uh it is concerning. It is definitely yeah. concerning. So yeah, um, kind of kind
2: of,
1: you know, they'll still be um, they'll still be around or they'll still be um within the conversation. But like, it does make you a little hesitant to maybe put them as like a favorite above FAU above mm-hmm. a UAB things like that. Um, yeah. so but we'll see. Yeah, it's something to watch definitely.
0: Yeah, um, UTEP and Rice, it's hilarious if you pull up their Ken Palms. They're literally just the opposite of each other. Uh, yeah. UTEP is 325th in offense, but 70th in defense. Yeah. And then we already know about Rice. Like we've talked about Rice plenty of times. Rice is 102nd in offense and 265th in defense. Mm-hmm. Just, just flip them over. But they both have pretty good results. Uh, Rice gets a win on the road at Western Kentucky, uh, 81-78. to And, you know, we had talked about it. The Entire season where we're like, okay, well, check back with me with Rice whenever conference play starts because, yeah, they pushed Texas that day after the Chris or the day of the Chris Beard incident, mm-hmm. but they hadn't played anybody since they getting beat down by Pepperdine in Middle Tennessee, right? And they go on the road and beat Western Kentucky. I mean, that's a pretty substantial win. And then UTEP uh loses in double overtime against UAB. I thought they were going to do it, I
2: thought, I thought they, they were, were too.
1: I will say those two play together tomorrow as well, UTEP and Rice. Yes. So that is going to be a very fascinating game because you have two completely different styles both teams kind of feeling themselves a little bit right now within those st- so I'm I'm going to be very much paid attention paying attention to that game cuz yeah it looks like I mean it looks like UTep's figured figured out this system man Shamar Givens has been kind of a revelation for them at that point guard he's he's what did he have he almost had a double-double yesterday against uh, UAB he had seven steals <laughs> Um he's been really good and I think a lot of these guys Tay Hardy somebody who's coming on as well and these are guys that you know that that uh, uh, Golding talked about as being like big pickups for them um, so I'm, I'm very fascinated to see that game. Cause I can see a clash of styles and those time those kind of games are the most fun to watch for me. Cause it's always like whose style wins out, right? Like mm-hmm. which one does Rice have to play a grinded out game or does, is UTEP forced to make a bunch of shots? Um, because UTEP showed, you know, against UAB, they were able to score a little bit. Um, because UAB was able to obviously get their shots up with with Walker going for what was it, twenty five or something, mm-hmm. and and so UTEP or Rice now coming off a big performance from them was fourteen of thirty four from three. Um, they finally were hitting, and so you know we'll see. Um, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be paying attention to that one definitely. Do you have a pick? Ooh, right now. <laughs> I'm gonna go UTEP right now. I'm okay, gonna stick. I'm gonna stick too. with UTEP right now. Yeah, I, I Rice is. I don't know. Rice is like they're they're really interesting, but I don't know if I believe right now that they'll that they'll do it. So
0: exactly, yeah. Rice winning that game and starting off two and zero in conference with two road <laughs> wins might force me to uh, get the damn shovel again. <laughs>
1: Just to pull pull them pull them more out of the dirt.
0: Yeah, this is not what I wanted here. I was not <laughs> expecting to be in this situation. But I don't I don't I don't know. I think ETUP gets it done at home. Um coming I think so game, too. So we'll see. All right, to the whack. Stephen F. Austin beat Abilene Christian last night and uh beat him by seven. I mean, that's a big game. That's two top, you know, two hundred teams pretty much. Two teams that are gonna be Fighting at the top of the WAC this season. It's funny, yeah. if you look at the WAC, you know, on Kempum, on they're the 12th strongest conference of any, you know, of all the conferences. I think there's 32. Yeah, uh, Utah Valley, Grand Canyon, Southern Utah, SFA, Tarleton still, um, all in that group. I mean, there's a ton of top 200 teams here. Basically, everybody's top 200 except UTA and RGV. Right. Like
1: yeah, with 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 Utah or sorry with Sam Houston starting off as hot as they did, that kind of just like boosted the overall profile.
0: Yeah, so um, that is going to be like we talk about Conference USA and how tight it is now that it's eleven teams. Like well, the whack is very very similar in that you have two teams yeah. down. Everybody else is like like Abilene Christians is, or no Utah Tech and then Tarleton are the are the next lowest ranked teams, and I don't want to play Tarleton, Tarleton State. In any Absolutely. capacity If I'm being seen nope. So um, SFA beats Allen Christian I'm starting to get A little bit worried About Sam Houston State Even though they're still Ranked very highly In all the ratings And
1: everything A little They got uh, they got pummeled By Utah Valley Which is yeah. Concerning um, Utah Valley looks I mean they still look like They could probably Win the conference uh, Again uh, Be one of the top teams Again in the conference in Fardos the, like the, here, Right That was where Fardos Yeah that's came. where That's where Fardos came back So they're They're kind of reloading Um I don't think UTA is going to have a great time in the WAC. Um, no. <laughs> no. They're they're in a rough spot right now. Um, but Sam, I mean, Tarleton, we mentioned Tarleton. Uh, I'm trying to think. Tarleton beat – yeah, they beat UTA um, to start their conference play. Yeah, I mean, this conference is – like I'm looking at the Kempon projections right now. And this conference, the projection is Utah Valley right now at 13-5. and five, But – Right behind them, Grand Canyon eleven and seven, Southern Utah ten and eight, SFA Utah, uh, SFA Tarleton, and Utah Tech nine and nine, nine and nine, eight and ten. Like these are teams like within a hair of each other.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, Yeah, this is going to be a potential. They have Abilene Christian is third to last, but eight and ten. Like (laughs) it is Mm -hmm. such a tight race for this one. So, I think the WAC is going to be somebody to a conference to keep an eye on. Um, Yeah, Sam Houston that was really concerning against Utah Valley, um, especially with how great they started uh, the year. Uh, Quay Grant played pretty well um, in the game still, but yeah, it's, it. they didn't really have much outside of him in that one. Uh, yeah. I think everybody else basically shot like below 30% from the field. Well, it's like
0: they start off the season, obviously beating Oklahoma, beating Utah. And you're like, okay, this is, this is awesome. And then they blew the yeah. doors off Northern Illinois and South Dakota. Um but they've played basically only three teams in the top 200 outside of those of uh, those first two wins, and they've lost right. all three of them. So Nevada and Oklahoma State and Utah Valley, you know, and all of them were by what 14 or more. So yeah, yeah, we'll see. Uh, it doesn't get any easier for Sam. Uh, like like we just said, the whack is stacked top to bottom. So you have New Mexico State next, Grand Canyon, Tarleton, Southern Utah as your next four games, and. Uh, those will be those will be tough so yeah we'll see we'll see if they can bounce back um they're still shooting 38 from three and only 44 from two Nice. what an interesting team this is um all right we'll move on let's see what else we got here uh real quick houston gotta talk about them i mean they're the I, where are they in, in the ap poll right now third i think they're third right now in the yeah AP poll. Yep. uh first in ken palm though which is what really There's, matters. Yeah, they're still going to that. Beat Virginia while we were gone uh Dece- December seventeenth. Uh since then they've beaten McNeese and Tulsa. So not a lot to talk about there. But they do have UCF and SMU as their next two games, and then Cincinnati. So this is probably the tough stretch of the American. Um it's a shame SMU is not. I don't even think they're Kim has them 153rd in the country. I don't even think they're 153rd in the country.
1: No, nah, it's five eight it's, right now it's scary hours right now for them, <laughs>
0: for them. <laughs> like it's not it's not looking good um they did beat utah state um over there in mm-hmm. hawaii and then they lost to utah the next game so i don't know they lost to hawaii yeah hawaii sorry hawaii hawaii yeah. um but yeah we'll see if houston can beat ucf uh what is that that's tomorrow that's a big game that's at home i expect yep. them to get it done they're going to be double digit favorites uh, they'll be d- double-digit favorites in every game. Basically, they play the rest of the. I was week. about to
1: say, you. I can. I feel like you can put this team on pause until like Memphis or something. <laughs> like this, like the AAC is just not very good this year. Maybe Cincinnati, but like they're probably gonna crush them too. Um, but like Memphis is the only team they have to worry about in the American right now. Yeah,
0: and they don't play Memphis until February nineteenth.
1: So God, who's the schedule maker for them? They <laughs> a, a raise, man. They don't get anybody.
0: <laughs> so it's like a. I, and I'm I worry and we don't need to talk big picture about this too long, but like I do worry they run the table or in the American or they go sixteen to two, seventeen to one or something. Sure. And they still like when it comes to seeding in the NCAA tournament, they still get the short end of the stick. Like they get a three seed or something like that. They kind that of do I what they get. do,
1: what they used to do with Gonzaga.
0: Exactly. Like yeah. last year, Houston got well, they were a five seed. Yeah, And we're like, how are they a five seed? And they go on and make the Elite Eight. And you're just like, this right. is ridiculous. This could have all been saved if you just watched, watched Houston basketball and understood like this team is legit. So right. um, we'll see. I do feel better now that they've beaten Virginia uh, mm-hmm. on the road. Right. It's like that's a win you can hold up there. And even though Virginia, I think, lost you know lost the game right after that too, it doesn't matter. It's still like you can hold that up and be like, hey, we beat Virginia on the road. Um, yeah, we lost to Alabama at home. But, you know beat Oregon on the road, and then if they take care of business, business and conference, and um, I think they'll be fine to be set up for a one or two seed in the tournament. But that is a long yeah. ways away. So we'll see. We'll they see.
1: um they have – I think they have quad quad one wins. They'll have – they're projected to if – they, if they beat both Memphis Memphis and uh, UCF, they'll finish roughly with one loss. I think um, um, Alabama will be their only loss. And so I think that'd be a – if they take both games against Memphis and UCF, I think that would be enough to hold on to maybe a one. Yeah. Um but you know, that means they have to like you said, they have to run the table more or less to hold on to that one seed. I think I'll, I wouldn't be shocked if they look for ways to kind of knock them a peg if they drop a game they shouldn't drop in, in conference. I also forgot to beat St. Mary's. So Yeah, that was a big one. It's 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 an interesting <laughs> schedule. It's not like you know, they didn't play a Duke schedule, right? But they still had, they had Alabama, St. Mary's, and then who's and then Virginia. Virginia yeah. And so, like, those are kind of it, but it's like, okay, they're two and one mm-hmm. in those games, you know? So it's not like they blew, got their doors blown off when they played real competition. Yeah.
0: Maybe Oregon picks it up a little bit. I True. Don't really yeah. Bank on it, but we'll yeah. see. Utah Valley did beat Oregon as well. So Utah Valley is That's cooking with grease right now. All right. Um, to the women's side. Uh, we have to, we have to start off with the game of the year. <laughs> if you've been following the podcast, you'll know what yes. game we're talking about. December nineteenth at the Fertita Center. I would have been there if it was in San Antonio. I promise you, I would have.
1: Oh, I, I um, would have been there. If it was
0: <laughs> December nineteenth, eleven a.m. Um, Houston and San Antonio, Houston and UTSA, a battle West. of the best two win teams in the country uh, at the time. Yep. And um, since then, I don't think they've won a game since then. So, I think UTSA is 2-8 and eight right now. Yeah. Uh, Houston is 3-10. and ten. Still, some of the best teams in the so, country at three or less wins. This uh, was the instant classic we wanted. Battled it out in the Fertitta Center. And Houston yes. ends up taking a, an overtime win over UTSA. Ninety-three to eight, ninety-three to eighty-nine. I mean, what Ooh. a classic! What a game! Shout out to everybody involved. I, I don't have anything else to say here, but I mean, Jordan, Jordan Jenkins went 35. Off. I was
1: about to say Jordan Jenkins went off in this one, man. <laughs> that was awesome. She was she was un- like. I will say credit to UTSA because a lot of the issues I've seen with UTSA is like not being able to get her the ball in like yeah. effective positions or things like that she i I don't know if this was just a thing Karen Aston hinted at, she was like leading runouts and like they were like feeding her like pretty good passes on the fast break, and she was finishing some stuff where she was behind the defense and so i uh, this was a lot of fun to watch, man. this was ex- literally the game we hoped to see because we were like, okay, on paper, these teams are better than they've looked in the record, yes. and they should be competitive with each other and so sure enough, I mean, my God, that was awesome. <laughs> I mean, UTSA literally ends the game shooting
0: 53% from the field, right? And that's compared to Houston's 42%. They had 35 fast break points, 54 points in the paint, 27 points off turnovers. But they had 36 turnovers
1: themselves. (laughs) Yeah, I was about to say they turned the ball over a ton.
2: (laughs) They had so many oh turnovers. God, dude. So what was like... it?
1: Jordan Jenkins, seven. Kira White, seven. Sydney Love, six. Madison Cockrell, six. And she only played like 19 minutes. So, like, geez. oh, my goodness. That is – The assist to turnover madness. ratio
0: of 11 to 36 is
1: – And staggering. Houston got to the damn line. 34 free throws for Houston. Uh, Jordan Jenkins, four. Alyssa Coleman fouled out. Madison Cockrell fouled out. Uh, Kira White, four fouls, Deborah uh, Nwakama, uh, four fouls, my God, Mm -hmm. (laughs) oh, I mean, they also got to the line, uh, UTSA shot like 25 free throws, so it was was not a, the prettiest game to watch, but, um, it was nonetheless very competitive from what we, what we expected to see from two teams that we were pretty, we were pretty comfortable with. Houston was up
0: 25 to 10 at the end of the first quarter. UTSA I'm not outs- saying
1: Houston was up like 15 for 16 for a good while, and UTSA kind of battled back into it.
0: And uh, UTSA outscores them in every other quarter and then loses in overtime. And then, so there we have it. But had <sighs> to highlight the game back. of the year. Um, had to highlight the game of the year there. Um, and then UTSA loses to, to Louisiana Tech 62 to 57 in conference play uh, on Thursday. They got UAB at home. Uh, these are both mm-hmm. home games. You yeah, got UAB on on Saturday. Yeah, would like for them to win one of these games. Um, it still just feels very raw and very like new. All of this, so mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to expect from UTSA. Uh, Houston went on yeah. and lost to Washington State after that game. Big game tonight. Houston plays SMU uh, at home at the Fertitta Center. Um, SMU is like we we've talked about them before on the podcast. They are uh very solid this year Mm -hmm. I don't know if Houston can get it done but I do know that Houston
1: will keep it close at the very least yeah I think so the one thing so we we kind of have marginal expectations for UTSA this year the one thing I'm really starting to slide under to the to the really concerned part um is this team just turns the ball over so much yes they turn like you mentioned it 36 against against Houston but they average average over 20 <laughs> okay um, they shoot the ball fine their field goal percentage is i think 42 is a 40 yeah to 42% as a team which is about slightly above middle of the pack in the country so it's yeah. fine um, they don't shoot the ball great from 3 which okay whatever when you have Jordan Jenkins and a lot of inside players you can just dominate in yeah. the inside and you're a good rebounding team um, so that doesn't concern me too much, but the uh, organizing the offense is clearly the issue right now because they can set they can score when they get the ball in positions. They just can't get the ball in those positions. um yeah. Let me see. I'm trying to think. Turnover rate they're 304th in the country in turnover rate. Assist to turnover ratio 0.6 255th. So again, that is the that is the big concern, and I'm gonna you know, I'll capitalize concerns. Big capital C concern. Um, yeah. The thing that really is going to hurt them this year, I think, um, and I'll put hurt in quotation marks, right? I think this is going to be a middle-of-the-pack Conference USA team at best still. Uh, next year we'll start talking about expectations. But yes. um, this is going to be what – when they look back on this year, they're going to be like, man, we that was the big glaring weakness um, when it came to potentially being able to upset some teams that we maybe – Think they should be, or could be able to upset. I'm not saying they can beat Rice, but like they could be able to hold on to a game with Rice for a little bit. Um, they're going to look back and say, "Yeah, we gave up 25 turnovers to <laughs> to one of the best mid majors in the country." So, I um, all
0: right, we got to talk about UTEP and Rice here. UTEP women's basketball continues to roll. They're nine and two now, two and zero in conference play. Just beat UAB by 18 points. UTEP and Rice play tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And- all right, this is this is the game. However, Rice was nine and zero at one point and I was saying to rank them, and I think They've that lost. maybe they they might have played that too much in the locker room. They might have been like, you know, <laughs> we deserve to be ranked. Matthew Rooney says we deserve to be ranked.
1: They they had it. They had the they had the tape going in the locker room. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, they drank the Kool Aid. Yeah, <laughs> drank the Kool Aid and uh, then they start off conference play 0 2. They lose to Middle Tennessee, who is Middle Tennessee's always good. West sure. Kentucky, though, has not been good this year. West right. Kentucky, I believe, was three and six, four and eight, some somewhere around that, and loses to them at home. Mm-hmm. And now you're 0 2 in conference. Now you have UTEP, and now you're in danger of going 0 3 in conference. And this is a team that was 9 0 and had beat TCU and m and houston and sam houston and saint mary's and sfa and like they, it wasn't a fluke they were 9-0 and right, right right, and then they start off 0-2 and now i'm just like i don't know i don't know what to do you, you got to beat utep now in my opinion like you don't have to but to me you
1: have No, i to, yeah no i mean you 0-3 in conference regardless of you know what we think this team still is this is pretty concerning i mean against western kentucky they gave up the three ball pretty easily um they turned. I think they had nineteen or twenty turnovers against against Western Kentucky, and that kind of.
2: Mm-hmm. You're
1: not going to beat any team really, if even if you're more talented than them. Um, the bigger concern for me was against Middle Tennessee. They couldn't stop anybody. They, I mean, I think Middle Tennessee shot forty six percent from the floor, fifty six percent from two, and they didn't turn the ball over, but they just couldn't get any stops. Um, they got beat on the boards, and that was the more concerning one for me because. Again, Western Kentucky, you could lose to a less talented team if you just give up a bad shooting night, right? If they just get hot from three, I think what they shoot, 44% Western Kentucky did from three. So it's like, okay, like that's hard to beat any team. Um, But yeah, when you just get beat on the inside, when you just can't, I'm I'm trying to think. Uh, Courtney Whitson, Savannah Wheeler, and Kinesia Malashka, 22 points, 18 points, 21 points, right? And you just got straight up he got beat. Um, Malia, uh, Ashley Austin went four of eleven from the floor. Malia Fisher went five of sixteen from the floor. And so that'd be the bigger concern for me because against another good team, he just kind of got beat on the floor. So yeah, I UTEP started off really well, um, and so I'm I'd be very fascinated to see, especially with that guard play that's been kind of um, their bread and butter so far. They've uh, UTEP's really found something in in those two guards so yeah i'm i don't want to say i'm concerned but that's i'm definitely going to watch that one um because that's going to be a very fascinating game to see which the trajectory of each team
0: all right um i realize now that we did not talk about the texas a and men so we'll just include both texas a and oh, men and okay. women
2: and yeah the, okay this
0: final <laughs> segment here um, I texted you Ish and I said, "Guess how much South Carolina was being Texas a and by?" Yeah. <laughs> In the beginning of the fourth quarter, I said, "How much do you think?" He said, 30. and I sent the Kobe GIF and it said, "More." <laughs>
2: <laughs> the
0: forty-five, and I said, "That's about right." It was forty-four at the time. The game oh. ends seventy-six to thirty-four, and uh, Janai Barker still not back. Yeah, um, which is cool. That that is an excuse. I'll give you that. But uh, if, even if Janiya Barker was back, you're still losing this game. By I, was about to say, you may lose, I
1: was about to say you may lose by 30 instead of
2: like, like 44.
0: Um, this team is not good. I no. was I was wrong because I thought that there was something there with Janiya Barker and Sydney Bowles and, sure. you know, they had some bigs and Aaliyah Patty and Jada Malone. It's like the, you, you hear these names, you're like, okay, there's there's pieces to work with here. And I'm, um, I still think that coaching-wise they're in a better place moving forward. Sure. Um. Obviously, just because you know the whole Gary Blair thing, it felt like he was ready to retire. So cool. You're in a good position coaching wise, and then you bring in this talent. And you're like, okay, cool. But then, it's just been all the way brought back down to earth. Um. They're five and six now. Mm-hmm. They're gonna get beat by most a lot of, con- of SEC teams. I don't have the schedule in front of me, but. Uh, me being most. <laughs> in the SEC country now, it's like you got Florida, not being Florida. Then they have at LSU. That game could look a lot like the damn South Carolina game. I just, mm-hmm. I just watched LSU beat Arkansas by twenty, and Arkansas is a lot better than A and M. Um, Ole Miss, Tennessee, Mississippi State, Alabama. It's just like I don't know how many wins or there are here ish, and I'm, I'm scared. Okay. I'm scared. I don't want to. I don't want to have to bury this team because I thought they were actually going to be good
1: this team this offense stinks (laughs) so they can't shoot like they just can't i don't know their defense is fine competitive right they're it's they're athletic and so they can kind of make things difficult against the non-south carolina teams um but they haven't shot they've shot over 40 percent as a team once since november 23rd right it is scary how bad they've looked um and again, I don't know how much is going to get better because, like, even if Janiya Barker comes back, okay, that's still a freshman, right? Like, that's still, like, you're still relying on a young team to kind of just, like, take their lumps. And that's kind of where I'm at right now with this, with this team is just, yeah, you just got to hope this team can just take their lumps and not get down. And by the time we're looking at late February – you're looking at a team that's at least putting up better results. I'm not saying they're going to beat South Carolina, but like, okay, let's close. Like what well, was, it was, it'd be very similar to, we, and we can transition to the men, but it'd be very, very similar to Buzz Williams first year at A&M, right? They're getting beat in the regular season. And you're like, what is this team? And then by the time conference play closes, you're like, okay, they're all, they're maybe upsetting Kentucky. They're upsetting so-and-so they're battling and looking better. And that's kind of where I'm at with this a team where it's like, they're probably going to finish a below 500, um, but at this time, you gotta hope that by the end of the year, you're looking at a team that is looking like night and day compared to where they were.
0: Yeah. Um. On the men's side, the men are now seven and five. Kempom saw in seventy fourth. Yeah. Uh, feels generous to me a bit, uh, considering that they. Lost to Wofford, lost to Memphis, lost to Boise State. Uh, lost I see to- a lot
1: of AM fans on Twitter getting a little fed up with the Buzz Williams experience right
0: now. I would I would be too if I lost to Wofford, if I lost to Wofford. I mean, um, I watched Wofford play LSU, and they, they gave LSU some fits, but I also didn't think – I don't think LSU is the best team ever, even though they just beat Arkansas. Right. Like, our and and the bigger concern for me is that <laughs> the SEC is – pretty wide open. If you look at like the middle of it, sure. uh, you have like your Tennessee's and Alabama's uh, Arkansas at the top. But outside of that, everybody else is in like this range of g- teams from like 20 to like, you know, and Ken Palm and other metrics, like the 20 to 70 range
2: mm-hmm.
0: and LSU just beat Arkansas yeah. and Ole Miss just pushed Tennessee. And so now, even though Texas A&M had a bye for the first week, and so they don't play their first game until um, January fourth, which is Florida.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: This team's gonna have to show me something, or else they risk getting lost in the shuffle and just gonna fall to the bottom. Because the rest of the conference yeah. is like the rest of the conference isn't great, but right. it's good. It's good enough to where if A&M doesn't step up and can't be better than what they've been to this point in the season they're going to f- fall behind, and they're going to fall into that ranks of Vanderbilt, South Carolina, Georgia. Like, you're going to fall into that group. And that's what I don't know.
1: I don't know if that's going to happen. Here's my thing with – and I think this is where AnM fans are probably most justified with their criticisms of Buzz Williams. Where are the guys at? Like, where are, like, the guys at? Like, I like Wade Taylor. I like Tyrese Radford. I like Henry Coleman. That's great- but, like, are those – players that can lead you to an sec title i think i think wade taylor is right so he's somebody who can be part of a accomplished championship team is what i'm saying but like you're seeing texas you're seeing lsu i'm talking about regional rivals right yeah. lsu arkansas recruiting the hell out of everywhere right who's the guy that buzz williams is like we got him you know, is it Wade Taylor? Wade Taylor was good at Lancaster, but he wasn't like a showstopper, right? He's kind of been – I think that's been more credit to Wade Taylor's development as opposed to like what he was coming out of high school. Like who – I don't. I have no idea. Like I don't – that's where I'd be more concerned if I was an a and fan, right? Because he cleared out the roster, right? He brought in his guys, and they've looked – yes, they looked better. But they're still nowhere near where you would expect – somebody like an A&M to be who puts money into the program, who wants to be near the, near the top of the SEC, and you see LSU clear house and bring in – you see them building in the future, right? You see Arkansas within a couple of years all of a sudden nabbing top five recruiting classes. You see Texas more or less doing the same within two years, and obviously we'll see what they are going forward, but you get what I'm saying. What is – a&M building there right because I don't know I, I haven't looked at a 2023 or 2024 class but I haven't seen them nailing blue chips right or like in the conversation for blue chips um and so yeah I don't that to me that'd be the most evidence I would need if I'm an am an AM fan to be like well what are we paying him this much money to like hold on to right because that'd be that'd be the argument if he was bringing in a top five class be like oh okay you know yeah let's hold on to him He's going to bring in this great class, and we'll see where we go from there. He's he's not doing that. Um, it's more or less like holding on to Wade Taylor and Henry Coleman and trying to <laughs> trying to see what they can do. Um, and eventually, you just got to say, "Hey, let's, let's build something pretty special here." And it doesn't seem like he's doing that.
0: Man, that's that's a great point. It's a great point because yeah, it's like the whole thing coming into this season was like, "All right, they return everybody." Right, and they they were good. They made the NIT championship game. It's like, all right, this is a team that could take a step forward. But at the end of the day, in college basketball, you have to have players at some point. You got to have guys Mm -hmm. that can
1: change, um, you know, change. Sometimes more than one, right? Unless you get like a top overall recruit. Like I said, I think Wade Taylor could be the uh, a starting player on a conference championship team. But he, I don't know if he can be the best player on a conference championship team, which is what they need him to be every night
2: right now.
0: Yeah. And uh Tyrese Raffer and Henry Coleman, fine player. Nothing good, wrong yeah. with them. Upperclassmen guys, cool, but they are what they are at this point. And that's kind of what this AM program is, is they are what they are. And I came into the season being like, you know what? AM I think's gonna be I pr- probably had them. I didn't fill out a ballot or anything, but I probably would have had them as like the seventh team in conference, sixth, seventh team in conference. Mm-hmm. If they make the sixth or seventh team in conference, if they have the sixth or seventh best team in conference by the end of by the end of February, I will be shocked. Right, I do not see a way in which that happens, and so now we go back and like like you said, this isn't Buzz in first year or second year. This is his fourth season, and yeah. the personnel for the most part has stayed stagnant. Like it is well below what you need to be a top four team in the SEC, well below right. that
1: standard. So now I'm looking at I'm going to look at I'm going to bring up really quick the top 23. Players for or top uh, the top Texas players for 2023 and 2024. Obviously, 2023 is mostly figured out. Um, yeah. So here's the top five. I'll rattle off: commits to Texas, Washington, Kansas, Arizona, Houston. Right. If you want to extend a little more, Pitt, TCU, Michigan State, Rice, uh, and Malik Presley's uh, ten. Who and I don't and I believe he released his top five and and yeah. Am's not on it. Right. Yeah. Um, 2024. Trey Johnson, the number one recruit in 2024, is in Lake Highlands. Overall recruit, by the way. a is not on his list. Or just at all, right? I don't think they even offered him, technically. Actually, they did offer. Okay, so they have an offer. But they're not in, like, the conversation for him. Again, like, what? what is this, right? Like, I'm looking at uh, Jared, Jared Harris at Silsby. Right. Silsby is in the vicinity. I'm not, it's not near to AM, but like it's in the vicinity. Yeah. You should be able to recruit the yeah, gold trial of Houston. Yeah. yeah. He's not, they're not in the conversation for him. And so, like, okay, cool. You're, you're offering these guys. Yeah. Cool. Of course you're going to offer them, but like, are you going to get them? I have no idea.
0: And <laughs> um, go back to that 2023 class. Uh, yeah. The last time you had with uh, who was the commit to Washington? I've already forgot his name. Uh, it was Wesley Yates from Beaumont Wesley. United and his and LSU was in the final two I, I think they came in second for him they came in second because that was yeah. the whole thing we we're following him then his recruitment it was lSU and Washington mm-hmm. for a while and so they end up going to Washington for whatever reason yeah. um I think it's on works on the staff something like that, Some that um yeah. but still LSU was in that conversation for that for that type of player right and lSU mm-hmm. um even in the last class brought in the 30 I think a, a top 40 player and then a top 70 player it's just like it's, you got to start picking up players like that at some point. Like, you can be the best Ron, coach in the world. Ron
1: Holland, who's going to Texas, Arkansas was in the conversation for him, yeah. right? These are people around you. And then eventually, obviously, Texas is going to be in the same conference. And so, I, I just, I don't know. I feel like if this is the trajectory of AM, I just don't know how you can justify holding on to them because, like, you're falling behind. You just are. See, so, yeah, significantly. And
0: so, that's – it's it's a good point because you have to at some point start having big picture conversations because this is year four. This is mm-hmm. not year one. This is year four. This isn't even year two, yeah. year three. And so I have no clue what the contract situation is, but you can't say he hasn't had a fair shake. I don't think they fire him after this year unless if it goes really, really wrong. Like right. what would it take? It would probably take a five and 13 conference season.
1: I was about to say it probably – I think. I mean, honestly, low.
0: below 500
1: probably in conference.
0: Oh, I don't know. Then he's gone. Then I don't think they're. I, I I probably have them in the seven win range right now. If I had to guess, Ken Palm has them seven That's eleven fair. in conference.
1: Sure, I, God, I think like because like if you if you go from winning the NIT to going below five hundred, because like you would think the standard would be okay. Hey, get back to the tournament now, yeah, right?
0: Make the tournament. And
1: so like okay, if you miss the tournament and let's say they miss the NIT as well, I, I what do you what are you holding on to? You brought everybody back. They've never made the tournament under him, right? No, they never have. I think the 2020, I think that 2020 year, they could have. I couldn't remember how they went that year. No, with COVID, they went
0: 16 and 14 two, in 2020. They went 8 and 10, 21, 27 and 13 last year, which was inflated by the tournament runs that they had. Um yeah.
1: And I think the bigger thing is he's also not like – the most likable personality like he's not like the most fluffy guy you know like buzz williams is kind of he can be kind of a a prickly character so i think that also won't earn him (laughs) a lot of friends and if he's trying to like uh, pitch to keep his job for the future i mean this is
0: i'm just scrolling through right now like obviously yeah i'm i'm young to the point where i remember you know like the 2015 year the 2014 year 13 or whatever but like I didn't yeah. cover it in that way. Sure. But they were consistently good yeah. every year. Like this is um and so I feel like that gets lost a little bit cuz like Buzz Williams is a name, but yeah. like it's not it's unacceptable how bad they've been. Like it is unacceptable it really is. this four-year stretch um how bad they've been. And so if they go if they go 6 and 12 in conference this year, I think there's plenty of grounds here to to move on, if nothing else, just because they're tired and they can't fire Jimbo Fisher, it's like, all right, we're gonna fire. Yeah, we're, we
1: we're gonna fire someone. Damn, it.
0: getting <laughs> fired for this damn the, the seasons that we're having right now. This is ridiculous. Like, we gotta fire someone. Damn it, someone's got to be gone. Uh, I mean, it was Gary Blair left on his own. We didn't get to fire him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so like
0: literally he, they he, took,
2: bad. he took the he took the the
1: the, the fire away from him and he's like no nah, yeah. damn we we're gonna fire him why, why did he retire because
0: after that yeah so i'm just like sitting here uh wondering it's like you a is man AM athletics is in a really really challenging spot right now just with all everything um yeah. from as far as just the football men's basketball, women's basketball goes those three sports. No. Um, I don't even know how good they are at baseball, but regardless, it's like,
2: yeah,
1: they're the TCU country baseball. So a little bit, they're fine. Okay. So they're happy. I forgot his name. Yeah. For but, uh, but it's also like, I don't know who they go get after. Right. Like there's, I don't know. Like, I really don't like Buzz Williams was kind of like, was yeah. in a way that guy that you go get. Right. What do was at yep. Virginia tech. Um, and so it's like, okay, now you got to kind of get a little creative, maybe somebody who didn't coach at AM before in the past, um, which of course, Buzz Williams had the ties to to and m So yeah, I don't know. Like it, it isn't that, I guess that doesn't help that conversation to where it's like, well, what do you do now? Right. But in my opinion, you just, you figure it out, right. You have, you have the money and you just figure out what you do next because it, you shouldn't be able hard. to bring in. No, right. It's I was it. about to say, it isn't that hard. You can't it's have the fear being staying... known.
0: Yeah. All these teams are just Missouri's out here fighting, be, beating Kentucky by twenty, right. with Dennis yes. Gates, first year head coach. Like right. Florida, consistently decent every year. It's like this isn't that hard. It doesn't matter. You're Auburn, Bruce Pearl is awesome. Like they're they're winning over there. Like it does location, a is already not a big deal. But you're in you're an hour from Houston. Yep. Like this this isn't that difficult. You have money, more money than all the programs that I just named, pretty much. Especially yeah. just Miami. don't pull a
1: Georgia and hire. Your rivals coach, who they want to fire anyway, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, don't,
0: don't do that, don't do that. But I'm just saying, like, this isn't rocket science here, right? AM yeah. has money, they have location, um, they have a little bit of, I'm not saying they have national championship history, but they've been good. Um, yeah, they've been
2: good.
1: I was yeah, about to say, I remember AC, AC Law in my memory is like as prominent as like TJ Ford, right? Like, I remember him, but yep. him going toe to toe with Kevin Durant. I remember yep. that game, right? They have mm-hmm. a history at AM of being good at basketball. So mm-hmm. yeah, no, this should be a, a program that it shouldn't be settling for this. Like if this was if this was well, I can't say if this was football because they're literally going through the same. Thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> but the difference is he's not on a Jimbo Fisher contract, so they should not have any hesitation. If Jimbo Fisher was making what Buzz Williams was making, he'd be gone <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> so well, I was <laughs> be gone after the state lost. <laughs> Yeah, right. Exactly though. That's what I'm saying. Like if the contract should not be an issue because they're clearly if they're thinking about firing Jimbo Fisher, which obviously they are not going to, but if they were thinking about it, they can fire him. They can fire 15 Buzz Williams <laughs> on his contract. I don't even know the I don't even know
0: Buzz Williams figures. It's probably like 3 or 4 million, which is like good money, but it's like you got 90 million over here. Bio, just you know, we're not. I was gonna, about
1: say, like, like, like you mentioned, they they want to fire somebody. <laughs> fire
0: no, somebody. I, I don't, I don't talk, I don't have AM friends, but I'm right. just assuming that if I was an AM person and I couldn't go to a football game or a basketball game, men's or women's, and watch a decent product, right. I'd be, I'd be livid, livid. You'd be firing, some,
1: you'd be firing somebody,
0: <laughs> someone's getting fired someone's getting I want to
1: enjoy see if you're Texas you can take your frustrations out on the fact that you got one of the best basketball teams right now in the country right yeah. men's and women's right okay cool you lost the Alamo Bowl I'm going to go watch the men and women play good basketball yeah. you can't you can't have both you just can't have both cuz when the season ends you got to have a solace somewhere you got to have relaxation yeah. somewhere when one season ends so yeah if you're AM, you got to you got to think about your mentals man think about your <laughs>
0: The crazy thing is, and uh, to wrap this up, it's like, yeah, I really think AM has one of the easiest SEC schedules out there. Like, they only play Tennessee right. once, they play Alabama yep. once, um, do they play Arkansas twice. Okay, give them that, but like, they start off conference kind play yeah. the Florida, LSU, Missouri, South Carolina, Florida as their first five games. There's no That's reason they shouldn't, they should go three and two in that stretch pretty much <laughs> if, if, if right. this team is decent. So, that that's all that's all you got three of those games at home it's like those first five games will tell us everything we need to know if this team is going to be a cellar dweller down there they go one and four in that stretch or even if they even if they go two and three like let's just say they beat south carolina and florida once and they lose mm-hmm. to lsu and um missouri and florida in the other game it's like still that's not enough because then you get into kentucky auburn as your next two games and then it just starts to ramp up a little bit so yeah we'll see We'll see. We'll but, see.
1: Yeah, that was yeah. that was a long one because I didn't expect. I guess we didn't expect a And M to be in the conversation for like being bad based on how they ended last year. Yep. But they kind of looked a little, a little little average. average.
0: <laughs> They've looked bad. They've looked bad. Yeah. I mean, their best win this year is against SMU. Well, to Paul, they beat DePaul. So shout out to Paul sure. and Loyola Great. Chicago. That three game stretch right there, Loyola Chicago, to Paul, SMU. Um, as much as I want to praise it. You're not facing those teams in the SEC. I'm sorry, even right. though I don't like, I don't think LSU and Florida are great this year. You're gonna have to play a lot better. So we'll see. There's a good uh, 15 minutes on Texas A&M. That was fun.
1: I was about to say that might be the podcast uh, subject Right there,
0: <laughs> make a whole new podcast just talking A&M. There, uh, we'll <laughs> see. They, they, like I said, they don't play conference. They don't. They have a buy on their first slate, so they don't play until January 4th. Um, yeah. The women, like I said, got stomped by South Carolina. They got Florida on the 1st and LSU on the 5th. I will be at that LSU game. So get to see this team in all its glory there. All right. That's all we got for y'all today. Hope y'all enjoyed it. We're back. Um, We'll be back on a consistent schedule. Hope y'all had a uh, happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Uh, Hope y'all have a safe and happy new year. We appreciate the support of the podcast. Um, Leave us a five-star rating wherever you're listening to us. Apple, Spotify. And subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't already. Uh, go check us out over there. We appreciate uh, y'all. You can follow us on Twitter at Matthew Bruni underscore and at Ishmael R Johnson. It's basketball season, conference season, the most, uh, the second most important time of the year. Tournament, obviously first, um, but we're happy to be back. And we will talk to y'all later.